0: Welcome to 10,000 foot view podcast where you can find tools, ideas and insights from some of the best performers from the field of business, art, sports, entertainment, coaching, neuroscience and much more. That will give you the perspective you need to break through and unlock the next level in your mindset, creativity, business and life. This is Monjyoti, the host of this podcast. I have an obsession for deep transformation, and I'm on a mission to help professionals and individuals unlock their true potential in life and business in a way that maximizes their overall sense of aliveness.
1: Welcome to 10,000 Foot View podcast. We have with us Dhaleen Higgins. Deline is a financial coach for Gen Xers and host of the Wealthy After 40 podcast. Being brave in her career and personal budgeting, she was able to retire at the age of 50. Now she's on a mission to help Gen Xers ditch debt, save for retirement, and make dreams a reality. Deline, welcome to the show.
2: Yes, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for your time. Uh, I'm very excited uh, for this uh, episode because uh, finances is, is something that I'm trying to work on personally and I believe that there are, there are a lot of people out there who are actually trying to improve their finances in terms of planning, budgeting, saving, clearing that um, and some tips and tricks on how to go about doing that and also planning for retirement how to effectively do that you know that'll be great. So l- let's start with your finance journey and how did the vision came to you and uh, what steps you took?
2: Yeah, so I had just uh, changed agencies. So I worked for um, the government for 32 years. And I made the change and I was like, okay, I did 17 at my other you know agency. I can do 17 here easily. And then I quickly calculated, And I realized that to have the pension option was only 30 years. That was 13 years away, really not that long. And I figured I wanted to create the option for that retirement early if when I got there that I wanted to do that. So it wasn't like I'm going to do it. It was kind of a plan of just in case. And so... I really got focused on my budgeting and I had that long term goal of being able to retire early. But then also currently, you know, in the in the short term of the moment, um, I am a mother of one married to a wonderful man. And we, for family time, enjoyed motorcycling, you know, um, ATVs and going camping. And we got tired of the neighborhood campgrounds where you would drive with everybody else and park. So we decided we wanted to buy recreational property as well. So in the short term, that was our short term goal. And then the long term was to be able to retire early. Um, as I reflected back on that, I realized that the balancing, because that's the biggest question I get asked, well, how can you enjoy now and say, for retirement? And I was able to do that because I had my goal. I had my vision for what I wanted, you know, in the interim, and then what I wanted to vision long term. And so, you know, more, more funds were needed to be able to buy that land more quickly, and those things that were prudent, but I didn't ignore the fact that I did need to save. And then after, you know, we made the purchase of the land and paid off all of those things, you know, that money went to retirement, I was able to shift to that long term goal again. And so, you know, I think, that's why I know vision is so important. So that's where I encourage all of my clients to start is what do you want out of life? What is your dream? You know, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What are you doing? Who's there with you? And just kind of creating that, but really thinking through like, what do you want from your money? It's not about, okay, I just got to live for today. And then I got to save for retirement, really get into it of the feeling, the desires and build that vision for you, because it's so much easier to fuel a dream than it is to just do some steps, you know? And so once you decide that, then you can lay out your plan. What does that look like for you? Do you have a short term? Do you have a medium term, which so short is, you know, within five years, medium term is going to be between five and 15 and the long term is going to be, you know, 15 plus and just being able to look at what you want, at least two of those, hopefully a short term and a long term. But if you have three of those, that's great. Um, I had a recent client come to me. She wanted a hundred doors by the time she was 50 and she was 43 at the time. She had had the 100 dream a hundred doors. So she wanted to be a landlord, real estate investor, oh, okay and create passive income from these hundred doors so some of them were multiplexes as well but she had carried the dream with her for about you know three four five years before she's like i've got to have somebody help me i'm feeling that urgency and that because she had declared by the time i'm 50 and so we started working together she hadn't even purchased her own home so that was her very very first step and as we work together, she was thinking that was like an 18-month goal to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And she's hoping that this spring, you know, she should be able to. So, you know, just working through it and understanding what those steps are. And then the next two years, she'll have, you know, four more doors. She'll have um asset worth of a million is her thing. And then going from there. So really defining what you want. And, you know, where hers has the passive income, it's her dream and her retirement, you know, it'll support her beyond, uh, beyond the working and all of that right now. So, you know, it's really key to get in tune with what you want, instead of just living, and just thinking, I'm supposed to worry about retirement, you know, you really got to tune into what you want.
1: Right, Uh, makes sense. So I think one of the uh, trade offs that I see um, in in the world of uh, financial planning, is uh, I need to save up so that I, so that I can retire or live later or have a lot of peace later. But I also want to live along the way, and I I do see the extremes, which is like you save too much and you're you're not living at all. You, you're, mm-hmm. you're you're crushing your soul because yeah. you're so focused, so future focused. And the opposite extreme of that is completely in the present. It's like, oh, I'm just gonna live for the moment. You don't, you don't have any savings, or worse, you 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 are accumulating debt. You know. Um, so, how can we? What are some of the foundational um, uh, steps or a foundational mindset shift that will enable us to think of it in a way that, oh, uh, I'm I'm gonna live right now, but I'm also gonna save up a little bit along the way, and I'm going to maximize um, both aspects of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. What are some of the mindset shifts that need need to take place or any kind of shift?
2: Yeah, so um, I'm going to quote one of my favorite financial educators. Um, He's Sam X. Rennick. He's in the educating space for children, trying to get that in through there. Uh, But he said to me one day, he says, we save to spend. And that concept of even if you're saving you're going to spend it one day. You know, it's whether you're saving it in your 20s or spending it in your 20s or your 80s, you've got to save to spend. So I like to help people envision you know, cause I know, and it depends on what age you are right now. You might think that 50 is old, or You might think that 80 is old, but what if you're not an old 50 year old or 80 year old? What if you're still vibrant, want to go, you know, do all the things and hopefully you're preparing, you know, your relationships and your health to support that as well. Then, you know, envision your 80 year old self. How do you want that 80 year old to live and being able to serve yourself today, whether you're 20, 30, 40, and then but being prudent to that 80-year-old, okay, what is, would that look like? What do I want it to be? And trying to give that balance. It's so true. It's, it's so much a balance of, you know, not enjoying today. Living in that scarcity mindset will have you being in that scarcity mindset when you're 80. So, you know, just realizing, okay, I need to have enough for right now. And what is my enough? You know, I had somebody approach me with a question is like, how do I get rid of unnecessary spending? Well, you have to define what unnecessary spending is. It's not societal rules, it's not societal terms. If you enjoy door dashing, great. That's a necessity, you know, spending for you. It's what is unnecessary, you know, in just trying to view your expenses in such a way as what brings me value today. And what values we'll carry forward when I'm 80? Because typically, if we have hobbies and skills and talents in our 20s, 30s, and 40s, we're going to still have those when we're 80. We're going to still have a desire to do them. Maybe not on the full scale, but we'll still want to do them. And so you know kind of giving yourself that understanding of i've got to support my future self or i'll be really upset with my younger self and i know that's easier said than done that's why i really think that a short-term goal and a long-term goal will help you live currently like what is that you know are you somebody that wants to travel every year as a short-term goal or are you somebody that's going to want to save that for your 80 year old you know and just putting that uh vision to the ground and determining what that is for you, then you can feed it so much easier. Then you don't live like you're you know, in scarcity mode. You can enjoy what it is you're doing right now.
1: Right, I hear you. So, um, I mean, when we talk about living in the moment, we are literally talking about meeting some of our needs, right? Um, and we could meet so many of the needs Without necessarily have to incur so much of expenses, you know, there, there could be creative ways to meet. For example, I could uh, I could shift to a suburban area and live there, uh, where you know expenses will will be much lower, and I could I could travel a bit, and you know, or I could I could have experiences that does not require money. I mean, if if I really get granular on what my needs are, mm-hmm. so um, is is that part of your Planning process, for example, let's say I'm somebody. I'm like, oh, I want to save for future, but I don't want to sacrifice my now. Uh, but I can't stop spending. Um, I've got all these things. So, do you look at their expenses and then really find out what's truly important for them and eliminate the stuff that's probably impulsive buying, impulsive stuff? And- um,
2: yes, but I let them determine that. Like we, it's it's through the client discovery. Um, I call it exploring spending safely. So yeah, we lay out all the things and we make sure the necessities are covered, you know, and mm-hmm. through some exercises, they start exploring them in different ways. And then for the discretionary spending, it's like, okay, how do you value this? Mm-hmm. Initially, my clients are given an exercise to name their top three expenses. These are the expenses outside of basic necess- necessities mm-hmm. that they love that they just are like, oh my gosh, if I could not spend my money on anything else, it would be these three, I would be okay. And once they start seeing that, and then I have them do the flip side, what is the bottom three? You know, like you probably have, you know, anywhere between 10 and 15 expenses, um, depending on how you break them out in the categories, right? And you you can identify it that way. What is my top three and what is my bottom three? And so then when I say, okay, you know, we're not matching up income and expenses here. You know, where do you want to go from here? And they look at me and I said, you've already told me these are your bottom three. Mm. How are you feeling about that now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's getting away from that. Okay, I have to give up something. I have to be restricted. You know, budgeting is restricted. It's not about that. It's exploring it. Uh, The other thing I also help them do is explore Um, the value in themselves. So if there's need for promotion, or, you know, salary increase, that is also helpful. Some people might be stuck in believing in money beliefs that are not allowing themselves to explore, you know, career promotion, whether it's within a company or outside of a company. And that's just as important, right? It's not about, oh, I need another job. It's like, can you promote, can you explore that? And until you're comfortable with money, I think that's sometimes a barrier for people.
1: I understand, I understand. Um, so, so when you talk about bottom three, it's like, if I get rid of those, then I'll be fine, mostly.
2: Yeah, yeah, because you're like, yeah. oh, they, they, I would be fine. I'd be fine if you took those off my plate today. And so then you start kind of, you know, viewing your expenses differently because you've already got your top three.
1: Right. You've already got your top three. Right. right. Um, so I mean, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to spend money which has a dollar value, and I'm and and I'm that should convert into good feelings, right? At the end of the yes. day, I'm trying to meet my needs. So that dollar value for the bottom three is not converting into the desired feelings much. It's it's more of an impulsive, you know, kind of leak leakage kind of a yeah. thing, which I don't. Yeah think a lot about. I just did it. Right. Stop up, right. Stuff like that accumulates. Right. Yep. So you yep. get rid of those to start off. Yep. Right?
2: Yep. Well, if that's what the client wants.
1: If, if know, that, because yeah, then, you, yeah. you let
2: them yeah. decide. Yes. I mean, first
1: yes. You put everything down on, in, you know, everything on in front of you so that yeah. you know exactly what's going on, what's truly yes. important. And then you decide. Yeah. Right? And then you yep. go from there. And then you said that you also help them shift some of their limiting beliefs about whether they deserve promotion, can they earn money in yes. the same company, in the same yes. profession, or a new profession?
2: Yeah,
1: because we could have uh, walls which are really uh, perception blocks, not real blocks. Mm-hmm. Understood. Mm-hmm. Understood. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Sounds good. And um, and what about uh, savings? Do you have any 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 steps to increase our savings, or to be consistent with our savings? How do you encourage people to think about savings? savings?
2: Yeah, so the first thing we tackle is, uh, is basically emergency funds, but I don't approach it as an emergency fund bucket. We define exactly what every single one of those buckets and those needs are, and this protects the client for... Uh, creating debt, using that credit card for those, you know, financial surprises. So we help them, you know, start looking ahead. What is coming up in the next couple of months? You know, the biggest, quote, financial surprise, and it's not a financial surprise, is Christmas. People put that off, but it should be in their budget today. And so, you know, start helping them see that through, um, you know, money for car registrations, car repairs, home maintenance, Um, any of those things that are future regularly happening, but they don't happen monthly. And so then once they see that and how that propels into savings, because we, We move it out to a high yield savings account. It earns the money as it's waiting there, which is additional money into you, right? You've got additional income coming into your savings buckets without you having to do anything but transfer it there. And then, you know, this compounding effect, they see it and they roll with it and they're like, okay. So as soon as I get my financial surprises covered, I can then do my own for retirement, for Um, travel for you know that new car for that down payment on that house you know they they easily start seeing that but that's all a prioritization to them as well you know what is it you you know what do you have what's coming up in like for example it'd be like what do you have coming up february march you know what is really going to be happening to your wallet to your bank account that we need to plan for today and you know starting to build those savings buckets for those things that they know are coming up. Maybe somebody's got a summer vacation coming up that they do every year, but it's never been funded. It always goes on a credit card. We move it to there, you know, and so it's just learning to view um, your future expenses as a current savings. And so it just explores from there.
1: Right, right. Uh, So you said, um, there could be multiple, you create multiple buckets. One of them is uh, emergency funds, uh, surprises.
2: Yes, well, so we define those. Okay. Holidays, birthdays, you know, so those are gifts. Uh, Maybe there's a wedding coming up, a family reunion, you know, car registration, all of those things that we know we have, but they don't happen as regular are what we start defining when you start building those out. So you you could have easily up to 10. And it's not, you know, I was always lost by the three to six months in, you know, in emergency funds for a job loss. Right. Where I worked, there was not that, you know, possibility. I mean, there was a very, very minimal possibility. I would have lost my job. Yes. I could have got fired if I did something wrong, but just to be there and do everything right was a very, very low possibility. And so I was confused. I'm like, how am I supposed to save then? How am I supposed to know how much? So for example, for myself, I own a home. And so thinking about the home, I'm like, okay, what are the repairs that are needed on that home? Mm -hmm. You know, bought it it's bought used or even if you're buying new you're going to do the same thing what is the most expensive thing you're going to have to replace and what does that cost and then that is your emergency fund for your home that becomes for your home so if your roof is your most expensive but your furnace goes out it's still going to come out of that because you you know hopefully we don't have a roof leak a furnace go out, you know, and a refrigerator go out all in the same week or whatever. So you have enough funding in there to cover it. So then you just build it back up to that, that top mount. So it's not continually growing to an excessive amount. And you're like, why do I have $20,000 in my emergency fund? You know, and so now you can define it. Oh yeah. Because when the roof comes due and it's going to be $10,000, I've got that money in there. So understanding that approach, I think, helps easier to build up the savings and not want to take from it, which I know that some people, you know, they see the money, they see the funds, they're like, I got to spend it. I got to spend it. And so knowing what it's defined for helps curb that spending from that approach.
1: Right. And all these different buckets, are these different bank accounts? No. Okay.
2: Um. No. So your savings buckets come in, and they're uh, Ally, Capital One. There's several others. They allow you to define those savings buckets in there. So they are moved out, but they're still in the same account.
1: Oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. So banks allow you to define. You know. Uh-huh. Like compartmentalize. Your, yes. your funds, right? This, this This is for that. This is for within the same account. Oh. Yes. That's interesting. I didn't know about that. Yeah. That's that's something worth exploring. Interesting. And how you want to define those buckets is completely up to you. So, for example, I could have one emergency fund, which is a generic emergency fund for any kind of emergency, like my home or medical and, and holidays and things like that. Or I could have a home emergency fund, which is like roof repair, uh, holiday could be another bucket. So, it's up to me completely.
2: Right. I would break it out. Because Ooh. if you have one big bucket, uh-huh. how do you know what it's for? And how much do you know? Have you saved enough for your home? Have Ooh, you God. saved enough for all those things? So yeah, definitely defining, getting you know into that, like this is for this. You know, I have a gifts account. I have a medical, which I'm only saving up to what my deductible is. Once I have my deductible, I'm maintaining that. Granted, I can use it for co-pays, doctor visits, all of that as well. But, you know, once I max out, if we have a great, healthy year and we don't have the doctor's visits, but I max out the deductible, I don't need to save anymore. You know, I can then shift to another priority. So seeing that and knowing that and defining that is so, so very important.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of 10,000 Foot View podcast. I want to congratulate you for honoring yourself by standing out and investing in your personal growth and taking this step towards your next breakthrough. I would love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Do check out the show notes on the description for the details of the show, along with links and offers. It would mean a world to me if you could leave a review about this episode in Apple. Before I head off, I want to remind you that you are extremely special and you have gifts and talents that you can use to unleash your best version and you are just one perspective away from unlocking your next level. I believe in you.